construction, retail, accommodation, education, and food. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. Good morning from me, Peter Lewis. It's 8.03 in Hong Kong. Welcome to Wednesday's Money Talk on the 19th of January 2022. In today's business headlines, China's property sector shrank at a faster pace in the final three months of last year. The National Bureau of Statistics released a supplemental report on China's GDP on Tuesday, which showed output in the real estate sector shrank by an annualised 2.9% in the fourth quarter, after a 1.6% contraction in the previous three months. That was the first consecutive quarterly decline since 2008. Unemployment in Hong Kong has declined for the 10th consecutive month. The Census and Statistics Department reported that the SAR's latest unemployment rate dropped 0.2 percentage points from October to December to 3.9%. The underemployment rate also decreased to 1.7% in the three months between October and December from 1.8% in the prior period. The unemployment rate decreased across almost all the major economic sectors and was especially pronounced in the construction, retail, accommodation, food services and education sector. The Bank of Japan left short-term interest rates unchanged at minus 0.1% and maintained its pledge to guide long-term rates around zero as inflation remained below its target of 2%. But it also changed its price risk assessment from skewed to the downside to generally balanced. It's the first time since 2014 that the BOJ has adjusted upwards its inflation risk assessment. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Mark Michelson at IMA Asia, Dickie Wong from Kingston Securities, and RTHK's international economics correspondent, Barry Wood. A sell-off in U.S. Treasury bonds as investors priced in four Fed rate hikes this year dragged down stocks on Wall Street overnight. Both bonds and U.S. stocks were battered, creating the biggest daily aggregate loss in 10-year Treasury bonds and the S&P 500 together since March 2021. The S&P 500 index tumbled 1.8% to 4,577. The Nasdaq Composite Index fared even worse, plummeting 2.6% to 14,507, hitting its lowest level in three months. The Dow slumped 543 points, or 1.5%, to 35,368. Shares of Dow Components, Goldman Sachs fell 7% after fourth quarter earnings missed analyst forecasts. The investment bank reported net profit fell 13% year-on-year in the last quarter. Shares of Activision Blizzard soared almost 26% after Microsoft agreed to buy the video game maker for about 68.7 billion US dollars in the biggest deal ever for Microsoft. Under the terms of the deal, Microsoft will pay shareholders of the company behind gaming franchises such as Call of Duty, Warcraft and Cat and Candy Crush, $95 per share, which is a 45% premium on its closing price last week. Merging with Activision will make Microsoft the world's third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony, and shares of Microsoft fell 2.4%. 
In Europe, the stock 600 index dropped 1%, led by technology stocks. The tech sub-index dropped 2.2%. London's FTSE 100 fell 0.6%. And elsewhere in Europe, Russia's stock exchange tumbled 6.5% in its worst day since early 2020. Shares in Hong Kong gave up early gains to trade lower on Tuesday as investors digested the weak GDP data from the mainland and the interest rate cuts by the PBOC. The Hang Seng was down 105 points or 0.4%. To 24,113. The Hang Seng Tech Index fell half a percent. And on the mainland, the Shanghai Composite jumped 0.8% to 3,570. Adding to inflation worries, Brent crude oil rose 2.2% to $88.56 a barrel, uh, its highest level since 2014. Gold is trading at $1,814 an ounce. The US 10-year Treasury bond yield jumped 8 basis points to a two-year high of 1.88%. And just a reminder that the 10-year yield started 2022 around 1.5%, which means that 10-year Treasuries are having their worst start to a year in at least 30 years. Meanwhile, the yield on the two-year Treasury note, which closely tracks interest rate expectations, rose 7 basis points to above 1%. 1.03% to be precise, the highest level since February 2020 when the pandemic first began. And Germany's 10-year Bund yield traded at minus 0.01% on Tuesday. That's just one basis point away from climbing above zero for the first time since 2019. The US dollar index rose half a percent. The euro is trading at $1.13 and a quarter cents. The Japanese yen is at 114 and a half against the dollar. Sterling slipped almost half a percent to $1.36 and 10 Hong Kong dollars and 60 cents. Chinese yuan is at 6.36 versus the dollar in offshore markets. And Bitcoin is up almost 2% at $42,400. We're seeing a sell-off in Asian stock markets at the open this morning. In Australia, the SX200 off 0.9%. In Japan, where markets have just opened, the Nikkei 225 has slumped over 400 points. That's about 1.6%. The Cosby in South Korea is down about 0.7%. Looks like at the moment, the Hang Seng might outperform, falling just 30 points at the open this morning. It's 8.09 and a half. Let's welcome our guests over in our Queensway studio. We have Dickie Wong, who's head of research at Kingston Securities. Morning, Dickie. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm very well, Good. thank you. And here with me in uh, Broadcasting House, Mark Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia. Morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Peter. And over in Washington, D.C., we should find our international economics correspondent, <laughs> Barry Wood. Morning, Barry. <laughs> Here I am, the evening darkness. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning to you, Barry. President Xi Jinping has called on nations to secure global supply chains and prevent inflation shocks. Speaking via video link at the World Economic Forum's annual meeting, he warned of serious negative spillovers if major economies slam on the brakes or take a U-turn in monetary policies as they tackle accelerating inflation. He said developing countries will bear the brunt of the changes. He said the global low inflation environment has notably changed and the risk of inflation driven by multiple factors are surfacing. He also warned that problems with industrial supply chains, tight energy supplies and rising commodity prices were a threat to the economy. 
He said these risks compound one another and heighten the uncertainty about the economic recovery. So Dickie President, she is concerned about um, inflation and a, and a big uh, change in monetary policy and also supply chain shocks. Looks like he could be right on both fronts there. Well, um, honestly speaking, I do really see that um, the PBOC um, did already did the right thing in the past um, a month. Um, after um, the cuts of the reserve requirement ratio, they also cut um, two um, um, key interest rate in mainland China. Uh, first, the MLF and also the LPR. Um, honestly speaking, I, I think Actually, I, I did mention to the, all, all your audience last time when I came to the show, um, for PBOC, they really have more tools um, co when comparing to other central banks, no matter Federal Reserve um, or other central banks in in entire world. Um, as we all know, um, Chinese economy is seriously slowing down, especially when we talk about the fourth quarter data. Uh, the GDP only grew for 4%, four, so annually, yes, 8.1%, but remember, um, the growth mainly uh, contributed by the, the uh, last year, the, in the first quarter, um, a big concern about and the con slowing down of consumer expenditure and also in investment and even in government spending. So um, export is one of the only key uh, factor that still drive um, the economy in mainland. But um, as we all know, like um, this, um, the, the tension increasing tension between China and US and other some of the countries in, in Europe it's also give a big hot heat to the supply chain and not only the chip shortage but basically the the supply chain is in some kind of like serious problem in mainland mm -hmm. now so in my opinion they already uh, did what they can do for PBOC at this moment. But is this really uh, going to help the overall situation? Just 10 uh, basis points, wasn't it? Exactly, this is only 10 basis points. Uh, this is actually a, a question mark to me. So yeah, the, the stock market already uh, bounced back a little bit um, because Hong Kong stock market, is, as we all know, will only follow a share market, not the US market. But somehow when the US market pulled back, yes, uh, Hong Kong market, market is also affected. So mm -hmm. already the worst performing uh, stock market in last year. Um, already bounced back a little bit, but I don't really see so much upside in the, in the, in the short uh, period of time. So wait and see. That's what I can say to conclude what um, PBOC is now doing and also what have just um, presidency have just mentioned. Mark, uh, he was talking about supply chain bottlenecks, and, and we're mm -hmm. seeing more lockdowns now. Um, aren't we? Are, are you are you seeing the same amongst your members at IMA? No, absolutely. He sounded like one of our analyses. I we might might bring him in. He's pretty good about regular. <laughs> yes, do it, Mark. <laughs> re rec recognizing all, all those problems, definitely there. I mean, some of those are, are partly self-inflicted wounds, as we know by by by. Uh, cracking down on not only on COVID, but in other areas as well. But at the same time, recognizing those those issues. It sounded like he was also sort of sending a message to Jay Powell. Uh, Barry might want to comment about this, about U-turns and monetary policy and and so on. So, yeah, definitely recognizing it. But that's, you know, just, you know, for example, in our last meeting, one of the one of our members mentioned that probably the biggest issue that we're facing right now is trying to figure out what's going to happen in China. Our business definitely has been slower in the second half of the year, 
and property is part of that. It's causing a significant mm. slowdown. This was not a property company. So it certainly worries and, and concerns going forward and not sure what the direction is going to be. Barry, he, he was also talking about um, a sharp change in monetary policy. And I noticed also uh, today Mohammed el Arian. Uh, he warned that the window for which the Fed could avoid having to slam on the brakes uh, was closing quite fast. Um, wh what do you make of that? Well, with President Xi, the Davos man, I mean, that's really what that is all about. I mean, he could have been a European politician speaking about supply chain disruptions and interest rates and don't move too fast on raising them and serious spillovers to the developing world. This is extraordinary. Anybody has doubts that China is a market economy, and of course in your region everyone knows that China is a market economy, the doubt is all dismissed because uh, it's an extraordinary statement. And I think it also is true. I mean, I, I can't find anything to disagree with. As to Mr. El Arian, I think that uh, the whole question here in a tightening cycle, isn't that what you'd call it, Dickie? We're in a tightening cycle in terms of interest rates. And we haven't seen this since 2016, lasting to 2018. The question that El Arian is raising is, doesn't it have to move too quickly? Because if you move quickly, you upset the markets and you really do cause perhaps disruption. But I think it's significant. I mean, you mentioned, Peter, the rate has gone up. We were at 1.35% at Christmas. Now we're at 1.87. But if you go back pre-COVID, you found that the United States 10-year Treasury bond was at 2.76. So we've got a long way to go. But the, the expectations are changing quite rapidly, aren't they? We're now seeing uh, the markets price in four rate hikes uh, this year. J, right. uh, JP Morgan uh, Chief Jamie Dimon was saying it could be five or six. And people are all, all also talking about now the first rate hike in March could be half a percent, not just uh, 25 basis points. Well, um, according to the data from CME um, FedWatch tool, um, the probability of the um, Fed fund target rates from 100 basis point to 125 basis point is uh, increasing to more than 32.1%. So, Peter, mm -hmm. I do really agree that um, the market is now expecting not three, but at least four times of interest rate hike um, this time, this year, just this year. And um, I, I do really agree that um, why um, the Federal Reserve is now very hawkish uh, amid concern about the inflation in US, yes. And also when we take a closer look to basically most of the economic data in US, while well, the employment market is doing so well, retail sales, PMI, basically everything is in a good direction. So yes, I do think that the Federal Reserve, they have to do something. Uh, maybe if you're not doing anything, probably it's too late. But definitely, I, I do agree with Barry that um, this kind of move will definitely upset the stock market because the stock market is already priced in like three mm -hmm. times uh, interest rate height. Okay, three times okay. But now move to four, that's not okay at all. And uh, if more than four times, it would some, definitely give some kind of hot heat um, to the stock market itself. But honestly speaking, uh, you, you have no way out. 
as we all know, like in, in some kind of like tightening monetary policy, um, obviously bond is not an alternative at, um, at, at, after all. Mm. So you have no way out. You have still have to invest your money because inflation is coming. So what, what President Xi was um, con- mentioned and was concerned about was that monetary policy in the US and China are now moving in different directions. And it's a thought the PBOC uh, has mentioned several times as well. But but what can be done about that? Well, but honestly speaking, the, the companies also, and I mean, the, 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 these two economies are actually moving into different direction as well. China did very well in the first quarter last year, but slowing down now. But U.S. actually is doing quite well. So in terms of the direction, I, I think that uh, Federal Reserve is also doing the right thing. But in terms of how we interpret and or how the market will uh, um, I mean, respond to that other thing, um, in, in terms of like in the longer term perspective, I'm still actually have a very bullish um point of view towards stocks and then towards uh, like the US stock market because no way out. Uh, money cannot go into bond okay and, and crypto probably is not an alternative at all. Okay, <laughs> Commodities, very volatile and um, real estate al- already very hot so where can you go? <laughs> you still have to bet your money. There is no into, alternative. No alternative as, at no. all. So you still have to bet your money into the stock market but you may buy some like uh, uh, alternatively um, safer company. Uh, well, actually, for for myself, I I put most of my money into my U.S. Uh, stock market. I mean, stock account in in Berkshire Hathaway. So this is my choice. Okay, yeah. um, Mark, President Xi Jinping he also defended China's common prosperity drive, which is slightly unusual. It's the first time we've he- heard him really uh, defend this in an international um, forum. What what are your uh, members saying about common prosperity? Are, are they worried about what it means or where it's going? Yeah, absolutely. People are just trying to figure out what it means for business because it's, it's not clear. And of course, part of that's the regulatory part, the crackdowns on various areas like like education and, and, and so on. And, you know, there have been various briefings, but it, it seems to represent a, a sea change, but not sure if, how far it's going to go. There's recognition that, you know, makes sense for the for the government perhaps to place some control on on some excesses that are going on in various sectors. But at the same time, if you do too much, and in technology companies, for example, what does that do to the economy going forward and to, mm. to growth and to their investments? And where do the jobs come from? Because we've yeah, seen, absolutely. you know, one of the casualties of this is, for example, New Oriental Education. They've said they've fired 60,000 people uh, now in the last year, 60% of their workforce presumably to make people wealthy, they've got to have jobs and they need better paying jobs than they had before. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, of course, part of that's there's growing demand in some sectors, which I guess will help. But, uh, you know, also, I guess some some companies are emerging a little bit below the radar in some of these areas that are supplying some jobs, but that's not going to that's not going to compensate. So that's that's got to be another real issue. Barry, there is another bill going through Congress, isn't there? Sort of an anti-China um, bill. What's what's happening with that? Well, very little at the moment. Uh, I think the uh, Congress is going to focus first on whether the president can get his bill back better. But you're right. Uh, there is unanimity among Democrats and Republicans, and that's very rare, on China. Mm. So some of these restrictive measures that are being talked about, 
could find themselves in six months' time into law. I think that the American business community is going to push back pretty strongly on it. I think the technology sector will as well. But I think this is, this is one where there's early innings. And Peter, if I may, just come back to uh, President Xi at the World Economic Forum. He spoke about uh, China welcomes foreign direct investment. You know, that's, uh, Tesla would be happy since they're wholly owned <laughs> and one of the few companies that is in China. Right. But I think there's also a recognition by the Chinese president that the renminbi, the yuan, is not yet the world's currency. So he doesn't want to see a dollar strengthening too much because that would hurt, in the, in the context of rising interest rates, it would hurt lots of countries. Mm. Uh, you know, all of Latin America, all of developing Asia could be impacted by this. And I think that's why in a tightening cycle, the pace is very important. And one other thing, let's not forget that the Federal Reserve is still stimulating by buying Treasury and other uh, securities. Can't do so, that for much you know, longer, can it? Surely. In the, well, in no, the that's going to stop. But, you know, and they're not going to start uh, reversing that. They're just simply going to stop. But it's a tightening phase. And I think that's got the world's attention and certainly got the attention of American investors here at home. Mm. Yeah, in terms of foreign direct investment, they're all along, even in the middle of geopolitics, Chinese government has been selectively encouraging foreign investors in China, partly as a as a means to uh, to push against what's going on in, in the U.S. and the criticism there, but also recognizing that in order to achieve some of the objectives, especially in certain sectors, it's important to get uh, technology and know-how in, in various different areas. It's a tough balance, and I'm not sure if it's completely open, but certainly certain areas are, 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 are still open and are, are encouraged. Dickie, you mentioned earlier that uh, China's economy is showing a significant loss of growth momentum now. So mm -hmm. the, the um, GDP expanded 4% from a year ago. Do you see it slipping below that 4% level? And if so, what, what can the government do to try and put a floor under it? Well, it all depends on the expectation. Like last year, they only um, actually set a 6%, very humble um, expectation for the GDP growth last year. So for this year, I, I guess will remain at some kind of lo even lower level, like around 5%. So eventually they can achieve, okay, no matter what, they still can achieve these like uh, figures, like 5% more or more. But uh, honestly speaking, uh, yes, as we, uh, we're already aware, like retail sales slowing down quite significantly. So they really have to help the, the consumer expenditure uh, to boost up the overall economy in mainland. So as we all know, PBOC already did their job, like interest rate, like reserve requirement ratio, and even more rounds of reserve requirement ratio cuts, I would ex expect, and around maybe two or three months later. So in terms of the, the market expectation, already priced in that um, PBOC, they still have uh, more tools and have some kind of like easing policy, but it doesn't really help the situation at all. So I would expect, um, yes, for other like developing countries, they're even in a worse sit, uh, situation because US dollar is strengthening. But um, for China is another story, told, uh, definitely, because in, in the last month, um, PBOC already increased 
um, the um, um, I mean foreign dollar uh, reserve requirement ratio. So it will stabilize the renminbi as well. So I would expect if the renminbi continue um, to stabilize at this current level, uh, it will help the export and um, will also help the overall economy. So in terms of the market expectation, I think a share market will perform uh, slightly better, uh, generally speaking, this year. Okay, Mark, your members, they're obviously feeling the slowdown in China. Is it at a level where they're getting concerned? Well, it, it varies, but of course, China, as we've talked about before, has become so much more important to them mm. in terms of, of, of a market that's been happening for some time, especially with the rest of the world, some of it not being so so strong, although the U.S. is an exception. Many, especially U.S. companies, have had, had very good uh, business in various sectors. But China is still holding up, and the expectation is it's cautious, but still still pretty strong for many companies in terms of, of where they want to put their money going forward. So concerned, but not uh, not alarmed so far, most companies, although that may change quite quickly, as we know. But I mean, the slowdown in China, um, the, the quarter uh, for the final quarter, it was the slowest growth rate in a year and a half, although for the year overall, China's GDP was still 8.1% in 2021. But what is the impact on the US of a slowing China economy and maybe on the thinking of the Fed? Well, I, I don't think it has much impact at all, Peter. I really don't. I think that um, given the export picture of the United States into China, its raw materials, I don't think that's that's going to, to, to be altered very much. Uh, so the high-tech things are, are still a big question mark. Uh, I think that uh, generally you've got uh, a U.S. economy, as you suggest, growing, but we're growing because of all the stimulus that we've had, both fiscal mm. and monetary. Mm. You know, $4 trillion over the last... 18 months or so. So I think the whole global economy is distorted. And I look to the International Monetary Fund to lower their forecast when they come out over the next, I guess, five days. Dickie, we've got one minute left. I wanted to ask you something about the Macau Casino sector. <laughs> uh, we've seen this huge rally for two days. It came off slightly yesterday after Macau announced uh, the result of its consultation, which was to basically leave um, you know, six concessionaires in place, but their they're, they're period halved to 10 years. Has a floor been put now under Macau Casino stocks? Are they, are they a buy? Um, at this moment, probably wait and see because already priced in, um, already rebound quite significantly uh, days ago. And um, yes, so six license will continue and they can continue to do the business. But, uh, but not, just for 10 years. Yeah, and not as um, fast as the previous 10 or even 15 years. Mm. So the growth momentum is not there and the junket business operation will no longer. So. That's two things um, will give like um, the modest growth in the next couple of years. So, do you think any of them could lose that? Because they got a retender, haven't they, in the summer? Do you think any of those six could potentially lose their license altogether? In my opinion, not. But um, definitely, they can still continue to do their business, but mm. not the junkets, uh, not like before anymore. But in ten years' time, the the risk is that the value of that business could go down to zero. So how, how do you value the stocks? Well, I, I may not 
believe that will go down to zero, and I still believe that they can continue to do the business. They can、uh, renew the license, but yes, definitely. When if we have to price in the risk, and also regulatory risk is always the top risk. I did mention、uh, half year ago,、mm-hmm. and、um, definitely for a casino operator in in Macau, they're facing th- th- this kind of risk. So we cannot give so skyrocket high PE multiple like before.、Mm-hmm. And、um, amongst most of the casino stocks,、um, um, Galaxy may be my top pick, but、um, I, I may not buy it at this moment, current level because the share price already rebounded quite significantly. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, you. Have there, Dicky Wong, head of research at Kingston Securities, Mike Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, and our international economics correspondent Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. Asian stock markets are on the slide following the big falls on Wall Street overnight. The ASX 200 in Australia is down 0.7 percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is off 1.6 percent. The Kosby in South Korea down about a third of a percent.、Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about 30 points lower later on this morning. A lot of、uh, activity in the commodities markets as well. Brent crude oil. Pretty flat at eighty-six dollars fifty-six cents a barrel. Gold is trading at one thousand eight hundred and fourteen dollars an ounce, and that's it for me this morning.、Uh, do please join me again tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. Back chats coming up after the news with Janice Wong and Anna Fenton. The weather forecast for today: cool in the morning, sunny periods during the day, maximum temperature of around twenty degrees, and then sunny periods tomorrow with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. Temperature right now is fifteen degrees, seventy-three percent relative humidity. It's eight thirty-two. Here's Andrew Shirovsky with the half-hour news. The government has decided to put down about two thousand hamsters and small animals. Although no literature exists showing that pets can transmit COVID-19 to humans, the move comes after some animals at a pet shop were found to have the coronavirus. A worker and customer at the Little Boss shop in Causeway Bay have come down with COVID. Officials say 11 hamster samples from the shop tested positive, as did some environmental samples taken from the chain's warehouse in Taipo. The founder of the Hong Kong Animal Law and Protection Organization, Kim McCoy, questioned the government's decision. To me, it's rather reckless to have made such a drastic decision without actually ascertaining or figuring out whether these animals pose a real risk. My issue and my、uh, concerns really are that if if we start with hamsters and chinchillas and rabbits now, when will we stop? The government says it hasn't found any COVID-19 cases after three overnight lockdowns in Aberdeen, Lichikak, and Tungchung ended this morning. Kasing House Kalong Court on Tinwan Prior Road in Aberdeen was one of the buildings locked down. A 67-year-old woman who visited the Little Boss Pet Shop in Causeway Bay and has since been confirmed with COVID lives there. The other buildings locked down were Meifu Sunshine Phase Three and Monterey Cove Tower One in Caribbean Coast Phase One in Tungchung. About 2,100 people were tested in the three operations. The technology giant Microsoft says it will buy the maker of video games such as Call of Duty for almost 70 billion U.S. dollars. The takeover of Activision Blizzard is the biggest deal ever by the company founded by Bill Gates. The BBC's Jonathan Josephs reports. With almost 400 million players across the world, the company offers Microsoft a huge pool of new customers. The tech giant already has a big presence in gaming thanks to its Xbox console, 
but this deal will allow it to better compete with its main rival, the Sony PlayStation. It comes despite activism facing a string of negative headlines about a toxic workplace culture and claims of sexual harassment. Microsoft clearly believes that despite that, the quality of games it's buying will take it to the next level. New Zealand and Australia have dispatched warships carrying vital water and other supplies to Tonga, which, it has, which has suffered an unprecedented disaster after being hit by a tsunami triggered by a volcanic eruption on Saturday. The Tongan government says all the 